This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening, welcome back to this amazing series, part six of this amazing series. <laughs> Email us your questions, which are going to be addressed. Events at chazak.org, E-V-E-N-T-S at C-H-A-Z-A-Q.org. Events at don't forget, please send us your questions. Don't want you to send us one question. You have a few questions, put them all in one email, send us um, whatever you want to do. There's no limit. Send us all your questions. Um, I want you to tune in every Monday night, just like you're doing right now. TorahAnytime.com slash chazak2 at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. TorahAnytime.com slash chazak2. And uh, we're going to continue from our from last time. We we we, we um, I, I'm still uh, I'm still <laughs> I'm still try- I'm still trying to just uh, take in uh, grasping what, what we said last week about Yerush- <laughs> about about Shemayim. and um, it was really um, it was really unbelievable about about how we have to have that awareness that it was it was uh, was on fire and uh, and the 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 the, the, the fire. Of Torah uh, continues uh, tonight, and, uh, and then, so on that topic, we had an unbelievable question um, about. Uh, sometimes it's like it's like it's like it's like it's like you go to Coney Island. What happens? Well, there's a famous roller coaster. It's called the Cyclone. So what is this? It starts off. I've been on. It. It's unbelievable. You you go up. You go chick 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 chick. And all of a sudden, like you're at the top. It's like okay, like what happens? It's like a little bit. You go up a little bit. Boom! Like it goes all the way down, and throughout the ride, you have these little ups and downs and uh, curves and whatever it is. So sometimes, like, 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 like we get to that level. We're growing spiritually. We're growing our yirshamayim, our fear of heaven, our observance of mitzvahs, everything. And all of a sudden, what, some people they go all the way down, but sometimes it's just you go small down, and you make a little curve, and maybe maybe you meet the wrong people, maybe you have a wrong environment, and 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 then you go up a little bit, and then and then you maybe find a great rabbi like Rabbi Rabbi Rahimi or whatever right, it is. Right. <laughs> maybe you made an amazing, amazing, unbelievable rabbi. No words to describe Rabbi Rahimi, but or a great a great chavrusa, great friend, a great environment. But and then you go down to that. So how do we keep? That were that were the roller coaster, but just the first part. We're keep on going up, 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 and and how do we how do we survive those curves and those downfalls? Okay, thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you Chacham Rabbi, uh, thank you Chacham Michael, thank you Chazak, thank you Tori Anytime, thank you everybody for uh, sending in their questions. Thank you for participating. Um, so now to answer your question, how does a person keep on going? That's a beautiful question. Beautiful question. Hi, the Chachamim tell us, just to make the question a little more clear, if, if I wasn't clear, is Chacham Rabbi's question is, a lot of us, Baruch Hashem, are growing and growing, like he said, a roller coaster, growing, growing, Yirat Hashem, I don't mean money, growing, growing, Yirat Hashem, and serving Hashem. But then it comes like into like, a, it gets boring a little bit, you know, serving Hashem, get Hashem, get boring, because you get used to it, you get immune to it, like we said in the last class. And then when a person stops and growing, right, and getting challenged and growing and overcoming that Sahara, once a person stops, you go right down just like the roller coaster. To answer that, the Chachamim told us in the Sfar Magdashim, the us b'nei adam are always mehalchim, which means we're always, either we're going forward, which means either we're growing spirituality or we're going backwards. It's like an escalator. You know, either going up and down. Malachim, angels, are always steady. They're always on one level. 
They're never growing higher and they're never going lower. Malachim are on the same level. That's what the creation Malachim are angels, are always on the same level. Bene Adam are always walking, they're always moving, moving, moving. But you choose to move forward, which means to grow, to move up and get closer to Hashem and your daily life. And if you're not moving forward, there's no stopping, there's no standby. If you're not moving, there's no neutral, right? If you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. What does it mean to move backwards, to make it practical? It means less serving Hashem, less Yirat Hashem, more desires, more food, more vacations, more vacation, more food, more food. You're going the other way, you're moving forward the other way. That's the problem. So how does a person keep on going up and up and up? To answer that question, Rabotai, there are many answers, but to make it practical, I once had a friend that he learned with me in yeshiva back in the day. And, uh, you know, he was learning and learning, Baruch Hashem, he was with me in yeshiva. And he always said that he never wanted to be a very wealthy guy. He wanted to be an average guy, you know, to pay you bills. Right now, Rabotai, he's an extremely wealthy guy. Young guy, he's very, very matzliach in business, he's doing very well. He's very wealthy. So I asked him, I had the conversation with him, hey, I remember you used to tell me, you don't want to be wealthy, you know, you want to be a millionaire, you want to at least pay your bills every month, you know, have a good car, a decent house. What happens suddenly, your mindset changed, that now you're shooting for the stars and you want more money and more money and you're competing with people in Manhattan. So he told me, Yaakov, I only said that when we were in yeshiva, before I saw what there's, a, what there's to accomplish in the business world. Once I went to the business world, the money that I can grab the amount of money there is to make in the world. Once it was exposed, how much money a person can make? I'm not stopping with just paying my bills. I'm becoming a millionaire. And I started working and working. And that gave him the motivation to keep on going. When he saw how much you can accomplish, why stop at paying your bills? That's when it comes to money. I have my own opinion on that. Okay, But that's just a muscle of how my friend answered me why he now he's shooting to be a multimillionaire. He saw how much money he can accomplish. Uh, but Ty, if that's with money, which is not that important in the first place, it's needed but not that important, how much more so when it comes to Judaism? How much more so when it comes to the time that we have, that we have to cherish, to utilize it, to grab more chesed, more mitzvot, and more Torah as much as possible? All of us live to 120. But many don't. Many die younger. They pass away younger. And they regret the time that they wasted in their youth. They regret the time that they had when they were still strong. Instead of using it for Judaism, instead of using it for more Torah, another Amud Gemara, another Halakha, another moment of Torah, another one, another another acts of Chesed, another nice word, another compliment you can give somebody, more tefillah, more mitzvot instead they use it on making more money to go on more trips, to wait on longer lines, to get food. Too much, too much wasting time and things that don't last forever. But instead, it could have used for for Torah, for something that lasts forever and ever and ever. When a person recognizes life is short and the work is great, like the Mishnah says, the time is short, but there's so much work, there's so much to accomplish. There's so much to accomplish in this world. You know how much Torah one can learn to finish the whole Torah, the whole Shas, the whole Shulchan Aruch, the whole Chumash. You know how hard it is for a person to control himself and not to speak Lashon Hara? You become that person that doesn't speak Lashon Hara. You become that person that doesn't have Ka'as. You become that person that doesn't have Ga'ava. You become that nice person that goes out of the way to make sure other Jews are happy. There's so much to accomplish. There's so many, unfortunately, poor people in the world. How about you become that guy that starts an organization, fundraising money, supporting those people? Once you open up your eyes and you realize how much you have to accomplish, how much there is, 
to accomplish in the world, how much Torah you can accomplish, and you are honest with yourself, and you face the reality that life is short, life is not as long as you think, once you have those two things, a person is not going to ask the question, oh, I already reached my point, now I'm going to stop, I'm going to go back down. No, you're always going to move up and up and up. You know why you're always moving up? Because you're always motivated to do more. You know why you're always motivated to do more? Because you recognize how much there is to accomplish. You recognize how much you can graph in this world this world as much as possible, more time and more time. There's a muscle for the Magin Medubno, and I said this many times, imagine... In our world, we have something called Black Friday. What's Black Friday? One day, everything I think is half off, whatever it is, in all the stores. Imagine, says Amagim Medubna, around this mashal, Hashem goes to Olam Abba, And you have millions, billions of nishamot, of souls that are already passed away from this world, they're in the next world. Some good guys, some bad guys. Imagine Hashem says, Rabotai, he claps, I want to make an announcement. What's the announcement? Today is Black Friday. I give you 24 hours to come back to Olamaze, to this world, leave Olamaba, I'm giving you another 24 hours chance to come back to our world, the world of actions, which was our world. 24 hours. You know what the world is going to do? You know what all these souls that already passed away, they already went through this world, but now they saw the real world, they saw the truth. When they went to the next world, they recognized how much they were able to accomplish in this world, but it's too late. Now Hashem is giving them a chance to come back for 24 hours, Black Friday. What do you think these neshamot, what do you think these souls are going to do? You think they're going to wait online to get a sandwich? You think they're going to go to Manhattan trying to make as much money as possible? You think they're going to run away to Florida, Mexico, back and forth? Back? No, 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 no. They're not going to do that. You know what they're going to do? They're going to learn Torah. Do chasadim. More mitzvot as much as possible. Because now that they saw Olam Abba, now that they recognize the potential you have in this world, when they have a chance to come back, trust me, they probably won't even go to the old family members. No, they're not going to want to see the great, great, great grandchildren. They'd rather spend their time grabbing more Torah and more mitzvah. That's what the Magim Medubna says. The Ramban writes, if we truly believe in Olam Abba, and Olam Abba, the next world is better than this world, why do we cry when somebody, passes away? If we really believe in Olam Abba, the next world, and the next world is the most beautiful thing, better than this world, a lot better than this world, so why is it that we cry when somebody passes away? We should be happy for him, for the individual that passed away. So the Ramban gives a few answers. One of his answers is, you know what we cry for? When one passes away, when one passes why do we cry? We cry for the loss of potential of the person that passed away. Meaning, when the person is alive, he still has time to grab. Grab more mitzvot, more Torah, another dafa gemar, more chesed, more tzedakah, more tefillah, more compliments. Once a person leaves this world a second later, the time to accomplish, the opportunity to grab moments of Torah is not available anymore. Out of service. So why do we cry when one passes away? We cry for the person because he lost his chances of grabbing more Torah and more mitzvot. We cry for the loss of potential of how much Torah he still could have grabbed if he would have been alive. That's what we cry for. So how do you keep on climbing? How do you keep on going and not stopping when you recognize how much there is to accomplish? There's so much to do in the world to spread Torah and mitzvot. So much organizations you can start. There's so much poor people you can support. There's so much people you can learn with and help. There's so much Torah you can learn. Once you're open and you're exposed to what you can do, a person is never going to stop. He's always going to keep on going and be motivated. Wow. Can I answer your question? Yes, about... um about going, um, that we have to, there's so much to do. <coughs> about how we have to keep on, but that, that's definitely a great way that we could keep on uh, climbing the ladder and keep on going, um, higher and higher. 
I'm talking about you were talking about accomplishing. So I was, the next question is the next question is um, um, there's a little bit of, um, so the um, this the, um, recently we heard of the, of the passing of uh, Rabbi Yehuda Kalmar Zegertai um, Rakha was uh, uh, the rub of, of where of, of where I live uh, for for thirty plus years and and, um, and he and he was and he was a, a, a gaon of gaonim he um he, if, if, if fifteen years old he was um. He was uh, he was the chavrusa of Rabbi Mordechai Gift. Rabbi Gift uh, um, he chose him, and um, and uh, Rabbi Yashiv was that saw when he was alive. He said when people come to Shilas from America, whatever they said, go to Rabbi Kalamri. He's already in America. Anyway, ask him your Shilas, whatever. It is. So the reason why I'm, that's, that's just one front. That's, I'm just trying, the, the, at the end you'll see why, why I'm bringing this up. And then another front. Um, I, just personally, I, he would go. He would come to our every, every single one person in West Hempstead. If, their bar mitzvah, their wedding, everything. He would. He, it, was, it was a story like like on a Friday night. He like traveled like a few miles to go to, to visit someone in the hospital and like unbelievable. So so and and, and we know that 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 um that 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 it says in the Kohala, so that there's a time for this, there's a time for that, and everything like that. So how do we how do we balance like 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 there's a, like the, like this concept of there's a time let's just say there's, there's a time there's a time you're supposed to go to a funeral to a funeral you're supposed to go you see you have your own, your own your own learning time whatever it is sometimes we might be caught up in like let's say like certain like ideas and then we just go full force into the idea like let's say like okay learning Torah is, is unbelievable which it is it's the greatest Talmud Torah connection it's the greatest mitzvah but let's say like okay fine so that so that, and then someone says oh like your parent asks you for something and then and then and it can't be done by any of the other children something you're the only person who's the mitzvah you say no. I'm learning or whatever it is, and then that's just one example. But that, how do you balance that, that? You're not just like so into one idea, but you're but but you're fully encompassed in the whole Taryag mitzvahs and every, all aspects of Judaism. Beautiful question, Chacham Rabbi. Beautiful question. So, like you said, there's a time and place for everything. Rishon Pinkus Zechet Tzadik Vikodesh of Racha. He writes. That a masmid, a masmid is a person that learns Torah all day. Right? When you go to yeshiva, there's always a few individuals that are masmidim. Masmidim are people that learn tamid. Comes from the shon tamid, matmid. He's tamid learning, learning, learning Torah. So a matmid is a person that learns Torah all day. Rosh Hashanah says, you know who's a true matmid? Not a person who literally learns every second. A person who does what's right at the right moment. Which means, if now it's time to daven shachrit, you can't just say, oh, I'm not diving shachit, I learned tarot. What does that mean? No, now it's time to dive in shachit. Now it's time for breakfast. Now it's time for learning. You know what it means, time for learning? That means you're not on your phone, you're not talking to your friends, you're not doing nonsense, you're learning Torah. Now it's time to take a nap. Now it's time to take lunch. Now it's time to get married. Now it's time to go to your friend's wedding because you're going to be misamechem. That's the right thing to do. A matmid, says of Shishan Pinkis, is not necessarily a person who learns Torah all day, every second. It's a person who always utilizes his time right. That's what a matmid is. And the reason why we learn Torah is because God said to learn Torah. So the same Hashem who said learn Torah, is the same Hashem who said there's a time and place for everything. There's a time and place to daven, to do kibbutz ve'em, to eat. You know, the Chofetz Chaim, they said many stories. He had people that wanted to learn long, you know, long nights, late at night. The Chofetz Chaim was not happy about that. And he would come to the Bet Midrash and he would tell them, please leave. You will shut the candles. And he would tell them, please leave. Now it's time to go to sleep. Right now, the right time is to go to sleep. Go to sleep. Not every moment, because a person is able to learn if it's going to do all the damage. The right thing is to learn. So the Chafetz Chaim says, right now, it's sleeping time. Don't learn. Go to sleep. 
That's what a true matmid is. A true matmid is a person that does what's right. And it happens to be in the long run. It's better like that because it's very hard to be an individual, usually. Very hard to be an individual that always learns. It doesn't need, it doesn't sleep. What's going to happen is you basically damage yourself in the future because you're not going to last long. You want to be a person that serves Hashem your whole life, not a person who serves Hashem for one month. So you have to do it right. You got to have a schedule. And Hashem wants you to have a schedule. You know, they say, or Shlomo Rozovsky, when they were asked him, can you give me your uh, top boys in the yeshiva to marry off my daughter? I know somebody comes asking him, I want my daughter to marry one of you Talmidim, one of you students. So the person would tell him to tell the Rish Yeshiva, Shorazovsky, I want the person that learns Torah all day. I want the person that's a genius in Torah. Give me that guy. Well, Shorazovsky tells him, that's not necessarily who you're looking for. You're looking for a person that has a schedule. You're looking for a person. You know what? I'll give you one guy, Sholomozovsky. I'm going to give you, I'm going to meet, I'm going to take you to a guy that learns very, very stark, very stark. But every single day, after Shacharit, he goes back to his room and he makes his bed. I'm going to give you that guy. You know why that's important to have such a guy? Because that's a person that's neat and he has a schedule. A person that's neat has a schedule, that's who you want your daughter to marry. So you learn from Sholomozovsky. It's not necessarily about learning all day. It's about learning at the right time. And when a person utilizes his time and doesn't waste time, when a person is honest and looks how much time he has in the day, you'll be shocked and surprised how much time one has to learn Torah every single day. And the Gaul Mivyuna writes, you got to be kavate, like the Mara says, a person has to be koveya itim la Koveya means you got to have a set time. A set time of learning Torah. The Gaul Mivyuna says koveya can also mean to grab, to steal. So what does the Gemara mean to say, It means, says the Gaul Mavina, always try to steal time to learn more Torah. Always look out to see how much more opportunities I have to learn during the day. When a person looks at a schedule like that, he will be surprised how much more time he truly has to learn Torah. You know, on the phones these days, they have screen time, how much a person spent on the phone. Just that amount. Imagine a person, every time he... Watches one video on WhatsApp. I don't mean the Daily Dose, of course. But let's say all the other videos. Let's say a person watches a video on WhatsApp. Imagine you took it upon yourself, you're learning one Saif and Shulchan Aruch every time you look at WhatsApp. Or you finish one Mishnah for every WhatsApp clip. A person will be a Yush Tamid Chacham. But that's just a eye-opener to realize how much time you truly have. If you have time to look at WhatsApp videos, you have time to learn more Shulchan Aruchs and more Gemara and more Torah and Yerat Shamaim. Amazing, and we will um, we'll end off on, on one last uh, question about. Um, 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 recently, I, I heard that 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 um, the Rebbe Mansori said that that um, that sometimes what happens is that is that it's it's a, you have a, you have an amusement park, and and um, and 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 so 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 amusement park they charge um, sometimes different prices for different age ranges. Let's say like you're under two years old, you're free. If you're like a small kid, like I find maybe you charge ten dollars, and then um, adults you charge twenty five dollars and a little muscle for the the. So but so, so what happens sometimes? What happens sometimes? Sometimes. Um, you, you might see that that, that 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 there's some parents where where let's say like they have a child that's like three or four years old whatever it is so that they'll put them in the in like the the stroller and like they'll say like oh he's like oh he's one and a half years old whatever it is. just to just to just to save the few dollars whatever it is 
So he said that, 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 that this child is going to learn, okay, fine, so for a few dollars, um, you're allowed to be dishonest. You're not, you're not saying the truth. So, so too, in 20 years from later, when, 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 when they're, when they're, if they say they're in real estate, they're in business, whatever it may be, okay, fine, for a million dollar deal, okay, fine, for five dollars, you're, you're not allowed to be honest. You're, you're, you don't, you don't have to be honest. So too, for millions, okay, fine, obviously. So, so too, how do we inculcate ourselves with that mindset? That, 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 that not only that the Torah is truth, but our, we have to act with truth. Everything. And not only like, like okay, it's like a flat out lie, but also like a white lie. Like, like how do we like inculcate that? Like, like Rav Aramok, and you would always go like this and say the truth like that. Yeah, like, yeah, he, would, he, was, he would always say truth, truth. This, so this, I just remember that I think maybe it'd be obviously a big Leah for Nisham. Yeah, yeah. Why did you mention Rabbi Walken? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. He used to go like this. Great. MS, like that. You understand that? Ah, <sighs> Okay. Um, right. Okay, so the answer is like this. The answer is like this. Unfortunately, by the way, it's very common. By the way, Robbie, it's very common. Just from last week's parasha, I can bring your Araya. Our person should learn from it, not to be like that. We know that um, Yechavet and Miriam, in last week's parasha, Yechavet and Miriam, were the nurses, meaning Parot told them specifically that every baby that's born, baby boy, chuck him, chuck him in the ocean. But Yechavet and Miriam didn't listen. They didn't listen. They had like the Pesach says, they had fear of Hashem, more than fear of Paro. They feared God more than the fear Paro. And they did not listen to Paro, and they actually saved the babies. But the Torah gives them a different name. Right? The Torah gives them the name um, Pua, and what was the other name? Pua and Shifra. Shifra and Pua. Why were they called Shifra and Pua? Because Mir- uh, Yochevet was Shifra and Miriam was Pua. Why was Yochevet Shifra? Because uh, Yochevet, every time the baby was born, she would wash him off and you know to clean off the blood and make sure he's healthy. She was Mishapel, the body, which means she enhanced the body of the baby. And why was Miriam called Pua? Because she would go like, boop, 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 like to make the baby smile and all giggly and make sure he doesn't cry. So the Sifta Chaim asked, he says, you know, these two ladies are real heroes. Yochevet and Miriam are real Real heroes. They just went up against Paro. Now it sounds easy, but imagine in our days a person goes up against the governor. You shouldn't do it. But imagine a person says, Oh, I'm not listening to you about coronavirus. He goes up against the governor and you gotta take guts to do that. It's not the smart thing to do, but you know, you gotta be a little aggressive. It's pretty scary. Imagine a person says, I'm going against the FBI. Chassid, no one should do that, but it's a scary thing. Over here, um, Yochevin and Miriam went up against Paro, against King of Egypt. That's a very scary thing. But their fear of Hashem overcame the fear of Paro. So we should give them much bigger titles than just Shifra and Pua. The Torah called them, you know who these big tzaddikot are, those big heroes? Shifra and Pua. Why is she called Shifra? Because she washed the baby. She washed off the blood. Why is she called Pua? Because she went poo, 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 poo. That's all you give them. That's the nickname you want to give such people. Call them huge heroes. Call them, those are the two people that saved humanity. They saved so many Jews. Oh my gosh, Arba'i Ma'od. Give them a much bigger title. That's all you give them, Shifra and Pua, about the small actions. That's what you title them. That's the name you give them after, about the small actions that they did. Making the baby laugh and making the baby stop crying. Says the Siftah Chaim, the Torah here taught us an unbelievable, unbelievable lesson. The Torah specifically gave them the nicknames Shifra and Pua after those actions that might seem small. Yuchavet was called Shifra 
Because yes, she was, she was mishaperet the baby, she washed up the blood from the baby. But you think that's a small action? Says Hashem, no. It's the small actions, it's the small mitzvot here and there. It's the small things that you do for one another here and there. Those are the things that make one of the biggest difference in the Shemaim. You know why she's called Pua? You know why Miriam is called Pua? You think it's a small thing to make a baby not cry? No. I'm going to name her after those actions to show the world not to walk over, not to be mezazeh, not to belittle the small actions. So much that I'm going to write in the Torah, the Fanah one, you know what their names are? Shifra and Pua, named after the small's actions, to teach you that it's the small's actions here and there that we think don't make a difference, are the ones that make a difference. So to answer your question, yes, sometimes you have parents that think the kids are not watching, but the kids are watching and listening to everything. You know, Zamir Kohn gave a mashal. Zamir Kohn says, you know, you go to a wedding sometimes, and you know, you're eating, weddings of good food. But then when the camera guy comes around to your table, what does everybody else do? Whoop! You put the fork down and then you fix your tie and you go, oh, mazel tov, mazel tov. Why? Because now you're on camera. Says of Zamir Cohen, all parents in their houses, you're always on camera. You're always on camera. Your kids are always watching what you're saying, always listen to what you're saying, what you're doing, how you're careful with halachot, how you're learning, how you, how you make brachot, how you're treating your wife, how the wife treats the husband, how everything, the kids are always watching. The screen on parents is always on. So parents always have to understand. You always have to be, oh, Somebody is watching me, I have to behave nicely. Never forget that the screen and the camera is always on you. That's what Zamir Kohn was saying. So sometimes, you know, parents, they don't mean to, but they think, you know, small actions here and there. Nobody knows. It's a dollar fifty there, five dollars. I'll lie there, I'll lie there. No, no, no. The Torah taught us that it's the small things that can make the huge difference. That's what they were called, Shifra and Pua. It's the small things that make the big difference. So just like it's like the B'mitzvot, so to Rabatai, it happens with Averot. Sometimes it's the small Averot that we think are not a big deal are the ones that make a huge deal. That's why the Gman Erchen tells us the Lashon Hara, speaking Lashon Hara, is worse than the three Gimel Chamot, the worst Averot that a person should die for and not do. Gida Arayas, which means adultery, uh, acting adultery. And then you have Shpichut Dami, murdering, and Avadaza, idol worshippers. Those are the three worst sins that a person should die for and not commit. Becomes a Gemara in Erchen and says Lashanahara is worse than all three. Now, how can that be? Lashanahara is worse than all three. How can that be? You know what the answer is, Rabbi Lashanahara is very common. To kill someone is not common. I hope not, okay? It should never happen to anybody. To do Avadazara is not common. Lashonara is something a person can do 24-7. It's just all you have to do is speak about somebody else. That can happen all day. So because Lashonara seems like a small Avera, one does it often. And because one can do it so often because he thinks it's so small, in the long run, the Avona Lashonara will be even greater than the three biggest Averot that are actually never done. So you see, again, it's the small Averot here and there that we think that don't make a difference. Though those are ones that actually add up and make the most difference ever. Chas for a person and Olam Abbas. So one has to be careful. It's the small actions that make a difference. Okay, um, just if you could just tie it into being truthful, but be honest. I mean, not only the parents where, where that trickles down to the, to the children, right. but also the, the, cho- the, the children, the young adults, the prof- young professionals, the teenagers, that they shouldn't, about, about not cheating on tests, exams, mm. copying, uh, all this like stuff, yeah. or whether in business or whatever it is. Just like right. briefly, that's Yeah, no problem. We, the question, the answer is why would a person want to cheat? I don't even know what that means. I mean, you only, why would a person not want to be honest? Emet, there's something called emet and shekel, truth and false. Emet the Shekel is not only lying. 
It's not only lying. To say uh, sheker is not only to lie verbally. Sheker could also mean living a life of a lie. You know, the Rick DeMille says, imagine you have a guy that walks into the room and he has a very, very, very nice suit. Very, uh, uh, what's it, spitzy uh, suit. You know, like uh, everybody's eyes are like, whoa, nice suit. And he goes, yeah, look at my suit. Look at the guy. He goes like this. He goes like everybody's complimenting him. And then he tells them, oh, by the way, it's not even mine. It's my brother's. You know, it's very funny. So you're showing off your suit. You're taking credit for something that's not yours. Says of Vic DeMillo, that's called a lie. Although, although he didn't say a lie, the person with the suit, but you just performed a lie. You wore a suit that wasn't yours. You took credit for something that's not yours. So too when it comes to tests and business, why would you want to do that? All you are, all you do is damaging yourself when you lie because you become a person that's a liar, that's living a life of a lie. Living a life of a lie is the worst thing possible. Oh my gosh, when a person fools himself, he could go really, really, really down the drain. It's always important to be honest with, honest with yourself. Never live a life of a lie. I'll give you another mashal, and we're going to end up with this. A couple of weeks ago, I went to Lakewood for Shabbos, and I have a younger brother. Yeah, young, young, younger brother. So he was playing with my son, my youngest son, who's, how old is he right now? Oh, he's almost three years old, Bezat Hashem. Okay, Pesach will be three years old, Bezat Hashem. So my younger brother, who's like, what, I think eight, was playing with my, my son, who's three years old, okay? You know, he's older than eight. He's actually almost 10. So they were playing a game. My younger brother, who's 10, right, who obviously has more brains than my three-year-old, was basically cheating in the game. Now, three-year-olds don't know what cheating is in the first place. You can, when you cheat a three-year-old, you're basically cheating yourself because a three-year-old doesn't know what cheating is in the first place. So my brother, you know, he's innocent, he's young. So he's like trying to cheat here and there. I'm like, do you know you're fooling yourself more than fooling everybody else? My son doesn't even realize what cheating is. You're just cheating yourself. I thought to myself, what a beautiful mashal to life. A person cheats in business. A person lies to himself about God. Does God exist? Does God does really exist? Who play games over there? You know, this. I don't want to learn terror about this. Is this really fun? I'm going to cheat. I'm going to lie over here. Cheat in my test. Cheat in business. Lie to this guy. Lie to this guy. All you're doing is fooling yourself. When a person cheats in life, all you are is fooling yourself. You're cheating for your uh, to yourself, not to anybody else. Because the Yetzirah doesn't care if you lie. Yetzirah doesn't care if you cheat. He's looking or laughing. You think when you're doing a verot, you're making me happy, says the Yetzirah? <laughs> all you're doing is tricking yourself. You're cheating yourself. All you're doing is ruining your own life when a person lives a life of a lie. Thank you so much for listening. Amazing. Okay, great. You addressed it beautifully. And um, I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Um, everyone should tune in every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on tarantime.com slash chazak2, C-H-A-Z-A-Q, 2, the number 2, tarantime.com slash chazak2. Email us your questions at eventsachazak.org, E-V-E-N-T-S at C-H-A-Z-A-Q dot O-R-G. Eventsachazak.org. Thank you. We will see you next Monday night. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.